don't feel very good today, Ollie. Oh. Welcome back to another episode of Two Guys, One Topic. I'm not very well, and I'm Liam. And I'm Ollie. <laughs> and for those of you that don't know, or for any new listeners, each episode we take a topic that we know very little about and we give ourselves a week to read and research all about it. The idea being, we do the hard work and then we share what we feel are the most important pieces of information with you, the listeners. Yeah, oh, we're not experts though in what we talk about, are we, Ollie? Oh, my head's hurting. This is just a summary of our findings. Hopefully, though, by hopefully by sharing some knowledge with you all, we can all learn a little bit more about a whole lot of things. <laughs> not well today, Ollie, really. <laughs> right then, let's get on with this week's topic, which is hangovers. Okay, Ollie, I don't actually have a hangover, <laughs> but I think we probably all know as much as anybody about hangovers. What's your experience with hangovers? What do you know about them? Well, wouldn't it be a surprise if this episode we both came on and said, you know what, this is one of those episodes we know nothing about, <laughs> like we normally do. But no, that isn't the case this week, is it? I have some sort of idea about them that you can feel pretty horrendous after having a drink, basically. How about yourself? What's your experience? Yeah, I've, I've had plenty of bad bad experiences with hangovers. Yeah, a few too many drinks, feeling ill the next day. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't know why we get them. Uh, you know, I don't know that. I, I don't know the science behind any of it, uh, but I certainly know what it feels like to have one. I certainly know that having kids, hang, having a hangover feels about 10 times worse now as well. <laughs> One of the other things that I I possibly thought it was just about dehydration. So it's quite interesting finding out that that isn't the case and there's a whole lot more to it. And um, yeah, we should probably jump in. But the word the word hangover, that's just like the street name for it, isn't it? That's just the, the colloquialism that it goes by. It's actually got a scientific word behind it, which nobody really uses. Yeah, which is quite new, though. Like hangovers in general, the, the science behind it is all relatively new, but there is a scientific name. It's, is it Visalgia or Visalgia? Visalgia. Yeah, I don't know. I can tell you where it comes from, though. I'm all about my etymology. I know where that word comes from, Visalgia. Yeah, go on then. Hit us with it. So it's from the Nor- Norwegian word. The, the, the start of that word, vase or vice, uh, is a Norwegian word for uneasiness following debauchery. So... You can probably see where that comes from. And the Greek word algia, which means pain. So it's like uneasiness following debauchery and pain together, which is pretty much sums it up, doesn't it? I was going to say that that sort of hits the nail on the head with it, doesn't it there? But there's there's been a whole load of other terms for hangover, hasn't there? Or where even the original term hangover came from is quite an interesting story behind it. Yeah, so the word the word hangover itself, it means a thing or person remaining or left over from what was there before. Yeah. So just sort of like lingering around. I don't know, the, the thing that might be yeah. lasting from a certain situation. Yeah, like like a remainder, something like that. A hangover <laughs> is something that remains. So yeah. that's where that came from. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's been known by some other names in the past. I'm sure everybody's got a word for it. Uh, but some of the more, uh, I don't know, some of the, some of the other names I found, Morning Fog, Bottle Lake, which I quite like, 
blue, the Blue Devils, the Jim Jams, the Black Dog. Uh, these old yeah. words, like you, you, these aren't modern things, is it? You, I've never spoken to someone and they're saying, "Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling pretty bad. I've got the Jim Jams." <laughs> I got a major case of the bottle ache. <laughs> no. No, that's uh, yeah, they're old. That's old, old words. What it used to be called. Uh, um, okay. There is, there was um, like a, a something going around the internet claiming that the word hangover comes from um, old sailors. They used to come off the boats and they'd get smashed, and they'd only have like a penny left to their name, and they, so they had nowhere to stay. So they would pay a penny to hang themselves over a line that was at about waist height. Okay. So if you can imagine them bent double over at their stomach. Yeah. They would hang just over this line while they slept. Yeah. And that went, there were some pictures of it and it was around the internet and uh, it's been widely discredited. So if anyone's like, that's where it came from, that is not the case. Although it's a quite a nice thing to think, you know, I imagine it's a funny thing, you know, they're hanging over this line and that's where the term hangover came from. Unfortunately, that's not true. Though. Definitely. So maybe the next time you're feeling a little bit rough and... Maybe if you're you're going into work or something, rather than saying to someone or your boss that oh, I'm feeling a bit rough, I've got a hangover. If you maybe just say, "Oh yeah, I've got a little bit of bout of nostalgia," then you might sound a little bit like they'll leave you alone and not judge you too much from the night before. Yeah. But yeah. return to work form reason for sickness nostalgia. No one's going to question that, are they? <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. So what what is it though? So what is it that turns the fun from a Thursday night? into a horrible Friday morning what what is it that it's and it's it's not it's not a, a, a new thing is it this has been around for years and well, years it's been around it's, since alcohol well yeah so there, there are records of this phenomenon being written about in Egyptian times so we know it's been a an around for a long long time but just in case anybody isn't quite sure about it what is a hangover the name it, it generally refers to like the set of symptoms that you end up with as a consequence of drinking too much, isn't it? Yeah. That's essentially what it is. Yeah. And there's a whole bunch of them. Tiredness, weakness, thirstiness, having a headache, feeling sick. Some people get vertigo. Some people don't like looking at light or sound. You know, all those things you're just generally feeling like dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just when you feel absolutely rough and you know exactly where it came from in the first place because you've had too heavy a night. As... As interesting, looking at some of the, the contents, people most likely know that within alcohol, you've got something called ethanol. And like as we were saying, this has been around forever. It's like one of the oldest recreational drugs that's known to man. But I don't know if you know this about ethanol, that in its pure form, like it's flammable. So I guess, yeah, like flaming sambucas and stuff. But it's really volatile substance and it can actually be used as engine fuel. So like this stuff that we're putting into our bodies, it's no surprise that we then feel horrendous afterwards. And apparently, apparently on an average year, humans consume about a gallon's worth of ethanol every year. So, yeah. Yeah. Of uh, of fuel, basically. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Grim. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I've seen a lot of those on fire, though, on bars and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like you said, no wonder it, no wonder it catches fire. Right. This is this this is my take. It's not my actual takeaway. This is the thing I'm going to remember, though, about, about hangovers, right? Because the next thing, I think, is we're going to have to say, like, why do we get a hangover? 
Yeah. Like, what, why, why do we actually get, what, what, what is it that gives us a hangover? And it was very surprising to find out that nobody really knows. No. Yeah, which is <laughs> such a surprise, given that it's such a widespread health phenomenon that, that just goes on. So many people are affected by it. Scientists still don't fully understand what causes the hangover. I mean, they've, they've got some good ideas about different parts of it and yeah. the things within alcohol, which we'll come on to and talk about, but nobody fully understands it so much that they can really explain it or try and cure yeah. it. Yeah, and everything that, that, that they've got is also different for every person as well. So it's, you know, we'll, we'll reel them off now. There are some reasons why we get poorly when we drink alcohol, like our body, what happens, but it doesn't necessarily happen to everybody in the same way. And therefore, you know, scientists can't nail it down, which is why there's no wonder cure, because it's not like, oh, right, this is what it is. We'll just stop it. Yes. Um, but we got, what well, we got maybe f- four or five reasons you want to you want to fire off one of them well yeah i think what one of the first ones sort of coming back to what i said at the top thinking it was mainly linked around dehydration and it turns out that this isn't such a massive one there's like many other contributing things to it but what happens with the dehydration is that the alcohol that you then consume in your body it suppresses the release of something called vasopressin nice and that's a hormone that's produced by the brain and sends signals to your kidneys, causing them to retain fluid. So what you want is that then hold, hold your wee in, basically. But yeah, when you yeah. drink alcohol, it then prevents this hormone from being released. And it then means that you're then excreting loads more fluids and there's like excess fluid loss, which is the result of you then feeling more dehydrated because alcohol yeah. is a diuretic. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, it makes you makes you wee, makes you dehydrated. It does, you wouldn't have to be drinking alcohol to feel poorly if you were dehydrated. It's pretty hot out there today. You know, if I hadn't drank all day, I'd feel pretty poorly. Yeah. You know, regardless, because I'm dehydrated. So, yeah. Yeah. That's sort of, as well, I think that's linked to, like, why you get your headaches, why your head, why your brain feels too small. Because your brain's, like, boatloads of its water, isn't it? And I think when you're dehydrated, your brain feels like, it's not the right size for your head and you do need a bit of water. Well, there, there is, I was reading some of the science behind that. So what happens is because you're dehydrated, your body starts fighting for fluids and where should that fluid okay. go within your body? And the part of your body that loses out is your brain. So the fluid then gets sent to other parts of your body to carry on working. And what happens is your brain, it shrinks a little bit because it doesn't have the fluid inside it. And what it's doing is it's pulling from the inside where it's attached within within your head. And so where it's being like pulled away, that is where the pain of the headache comes from because it's actually physically shrinking because it's not got as much water inside it to, to carry on working as it wants to because it's lost out to other parts of the body. Wow. Okay. Well, that's lovely. Lovely, lovely thought, that one. But that whole like the whole dehydration we know that happens that's like scientists know that's a thing so yes that's not the thing but that is a thing the other main scientific thought is as as your liver metabolizes the alcohol as it breaks down the alcohol it creates a compound called 
Colin. Practice this. Called acetaldehyde. Yeah, acetaldehyde. Acetaldehyde. Uh, so as your body, as your liver breaks down the alcohol, it pro it produces acetaldehyde. Uh, why did you really go, toxic. Liam? Can I just ask why did you go a little bit Scandinavian when you say that? <laughs> it sounds like we're going back to our IKEA episode, and you said how, how many crazy words have we tried to pronounce in this in any episode in all of our history? Like, <laughs> I'm going to get them wrong most weeks. Acetaldehyde is a toxic compound. Uh, it, it makes you it, it causes um, inflammation in the liver. You know, it's where your stomach it makes you very very poorly. Um, now that scientists know this happens, they know as you break down the alcohol, they know that this is produced and they know that this is toxic to the body. Um, so this is, yeah, this is one of the reasons why we feel poorly. Oh, definitely. But this, this acetaldehyde that we're producing ourselves, it said it can be 10 to 30 times more toxic than the alcohol itself. So it's, wow. yeah, it's really, yeah, really, really potent this chemical that we then end up producing and they know from scientific studies that this is the reason why you then sweat or you become nauseous or you then vomit after drinking from creating this acetaldehyde so yeah super super yeah. potent so i mean they're the two they're the two main scientific ones like they're, they're the ones that we know happen being dehydrated and this toxic produced in your liver they definitely happen and definitely make you poorly there are a couple of uh, other ones though aren't there yeah so one of them is hangover is why you'll feel rubbish in the morning is because your sleep's disrupted so yeah alcohol will affect your sleep and it just means that you'll have fragmented sleep people a lot of people tend to be affected by their sleep but what it does alcohol doesn't allow you to get into that REM stage of sleep where your body is then almost like filing away all the thoughts from the previous day and rejuvenating itself and, and making itself feel refreshed. So when you then wake up the next day and your brain hasn't had a chance to do that, you then feel even worse. Hey, it'd be cool if we could learn a little bit more about sleep, wouldn't it? What if we, <laughs> if we've got any listeners out there interested in sleep, just go and find our sleep episode because we've learned about that and we had a very good expert interview, just quote about that in there. Um, Another one is um, like you, you feel sick, don't you? Your stomach. Uh, we, we tend to feel sick with a hangover. The reason being alcohol it irritates the lining of the stomach and increases acid release in your stomach. Yeah. yeah. Alcohol, that's what alcohol does to your stomach. And obviously that, that's going to make you feel poorly. When you then produce more of that acid and more of that acid and more of that acid, that is where you then end up late at night or maybe as you're going home or just when you've had way too much like alcohol poisoning, that's where it then completely comes back up again. That's why you're spewing all over the place, having produced too much of this acid from irritating your stomach. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so I think, would you say they're the main reasons we get them? Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. I think so. It's maybe just like a mini withdrawal as well, it can be seen as. So when you're on a little bit of a, a come down from the night before yeah. and the buzz yeah, of the alcohol high. wears off, it just all contributes to that hangover feeling of just restless and being anxious um, as well. Have you heard of the, the, the phrase having the beer fear? Yeah. Beer fear always. Beer yeah, fear. Get that straight away. Next morning. I'm never drinking again in my whole life. <laughs> 
how many times have people said that? Well, how many times people are listening? I said, how many times have we said that? How many times have we said that? But yeah, that, that whole bit of fear and just thinking about feeling anxious from things that you might have said or done the night before as well kicks in as well. Um, so another reason we get it is not it's not our bodies. It's, it's what's actually in the alcohol, isn't it? Uh, the alcohol itself, what, uh, what the drinks that we drink contain and how that makes us ill. Yeah, there's, there's a... You know, not just alcohol itself, you know, not the fact that it's got alcohol in it. There are other things in the drink. That yeah, that's right. Yeah, definitely. So alcohol is the main culprit that you have, but then, yeah, other components to, to alcohol that you get, there's a big part of them that's called congeners. And okay. these are some of the, the compounds that are produced during the fermentation process of alcohol. And so yeah, okay. this is, this is what, you know, you, if you pick up a, an alcoholic drink, you can sort of smell and taste, you know, it's alcoholic. This is what yeah. congeners do. They, they give it that, what that fermentation process thing. And these congeners are known to make you have worse hangover symptoms. And there's, there's maybe some do's or don'ts around congeners, aren't there? Yeah. Congen- so these, yeah, like you said, so the, these are the, the, the chemicals that are produced when something is fermented. Now it is known that darker alcohol contains many more of these congeners. One of which, so these congeners have got, there's loads of different types of congeners. One of which is called a tannin, which we learned about when we learned about wine, yes. which is that it gives that red wine, that earthy flavor, but dark spirits are known to have more congeners in them. So stuff like brandy and rum and whiskey and red wine. So we'll get onto it in a minute, how we can probably avoid one, but you know, drinking dark spirits like that, more likely to make you hang, hung over rather than you know lighter drinks uh vodka for example yes Beer, yeah exactly really. yeah definitely and then there's there's another element that goes into uh, wine especially as a preservative something called sulfites and just some people can be more sensitive to sulfites than other people and it leads them to experiencing worse headaches uh, after drinking wine and it's just one of those things where you can just feel worse almost just the way your body reacts to it, but sulfites again, where you then break them down um, can make you feel pretty ropey the next day as part of your hangover. Okay. So we know what they are sort of, uh, we don't really know why we get them because scientists don't. So we sure as hell don't. Um, but the, the next thing, the next obvious thing, are they preventable? Can, you know, not how can I get rid of it when I've got one? Are, are they, can I just not get one in the first place? Do you know what? I've, found the best advice for this and there is a way that you can absolutely oh. prevent them it is yeah 100 hit rate this one which absolutely so if yeah turn up your your listening ears now the way to prevent them is don't drink alcohol and that is pretty yeah. much the only way the only way is the only way <laughs> the only yeah. way everything else is works for some people doesn't work for other people some people swear by it other people don't but there's there's a few pretty common ones but they sort of link to what we were saying about why we get them so one of them, pretty obvious off the back of what we were just saying, is to not drink dark drinks. Yes. So just try that on a night out. If you know you have horrific hangovers, but you're always drinking red wine and then you switch to some rum and you might do a few whiskey shots, maybe just go to lighter drinks, literally lighter, as in lighter colour drinks. Yeah, like and, gin uh, or vodka. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These congeners, when they're in you, they, they produce something called your body. When it tries to break down the congener, 
it produce your body produces formaldehyde, which is another really toxic substance. Yeah. Um, so basically, just just one way to try and prevent a hangover is to just steer clear of the darker drinks. Try that on your next night out. See if that works. Yeah, absolutely. It's if you've got the choice, you've got the choice about what you're drinking. Try and go to those those lighter, you know, white spirits or whatever it might be. There's a couple of other things that you can do, which I was wondering if this was a little bit of a myth, where if you have a full stomach, it can prevent the impact of a hangover the next day, they think. So by having a, a full stomach, it means that your stomach will be busy and it prevents the alcohol from entering, entering your small intestine and being absorbed into the blood quicker. And so it just means that it then sort of dilutes the amount of alcohol that's been added to your system. It's not such a, a mad hit onto the body about all this alcohol yeah. going in at, in at one time. Yeah. But see, my problem with that is, right, imagine I've had a massive pizza and a load of beers, right? The alcohol takes longer to get into my small intestine, which, by the way, is where the alcohol is absorbed into the blood. So it's got to get through your stomach into your small intestine, okay? But if there's food in your stomach, it sort of acts like a bit of a blocker. It stops it going through, doesn't it, essentially? like a shield uh, the problem is do you then not feel so drunk so you just well i'll have a let's smash a couple of tequilas because i'm <laughs> i don't feel so ill yeah. it's all still in your stomach it's going to get there eventually <laughs> does it yeah. just like take longer for you to get drunk on i don't know yeah yeah exactly i'm not, sure. I'm not I can't believe that one yeah well apparently apparently that is one i've i'm similar to you on that i'm sure that people think are oh, maybe maybe this this cocktail isn't working i might as well have another one now but really you're just you're just de delaying it and just putting more into your body and the idea being is that you then don't overwork overwork the inside of your body more so you don't create more of that formaldehyde and more of that acetaldehyde that then makes you feel really ill yeah That's another one similarly to those is to avoid bubbly drinks so bubbly drinks also get into your small intestine quickly they go right through your stomach, apparently. Um, so if you can uh, try and avoid those. So avoid dark drinks and avoid bubbly drinks. And uh, you might stand a chance of not being quite so ill the next day. Yeah. Yeah. Have, have a pizza. So have a pizza, right? Don't drink bubbly drinks. Maybe just drink like straight vodka or something. <laughs> I just can't imagine that'll work, but maybe it does. So on, on the bubbly drinks, I was reading about, it was saying that carbon dioxide within the drinks opens up your muscle called the pyloric sphincter. And that connects your stomach to your small intestine. And it just means yeah. that alcohol will just get passed through and absorbed way faster, meaning you'll get drunk quicker. So yeah, okay, that's something. Yeah. And then finally, it would be just to drink more water, wouldn't it? And we've said, we know that alcohol is a, it dehydrates you. So I think a lot of people have tried this from time to time you know drink more water mix your drinks with like with like a a, a mixer that is non-alcoholic try, try, try and get some more liquid in you uh yes again, yeah, yeah you know you might not wake up with that banging headache if you've got add a load of uh, water i think yeah. yeah yeah exactly there are some things around being preventable almost the the opposite to this is that depending on just some some of your makeup that you can be more susceptible to them or not. So we sort of know that size plays a big difference. So if you're a bigger person, then you can then absorb and soak up more of the alcohol and distribute it through yeah. your body. So we know, we know we know that's the case. You know, generally speaking, that 
women are more likely to experience hangovers more than men. And that mainly seems to be a result of the fact that they have a lower body weight as well than men. So sort of coming back to that size, but that, that tends to be a thing. But then there, there are also genetics. Gen- genetics and your body makeup can play a big factor in it as well. And there's an enzyme that performs a metabolic step apparently in, in your body that can slow down how much acetaldehyde is put into your body, but it tends to be more disproportionately from Eastern Asia that they they don't have this gene. And so the way that they've been brought up, I think going back a couple of hundred years in Europe, because our water was so bad, we then ended up drinking alcohol because it was safer to drink alcohol than it was to then drink the water. Whereas yeah. okay. in Asia, they didn't have that as a problem so much. So we've almost like developed this additional enzyme over in Europe where we can then withstand alcohol more and then not have as severe reaction to it. And then the hangovers that then come from it as well. So genetics can play a part as well. So thanks to my ancestors, I might be a little bit more, I don't know, better at dealing with hangovers or alcohol than I guess. Quite possible. Um, so... So we know what one is. We know why we get one. We know how we could avoid one or we could try and avoid one. Obviously, we're going to have people listening out. What, what, what if we, we, none of those things worked? Okay, I accidentally <laughs> did a whole bunch of whiskey shots. I was drinking a load of fizzy. I didn't have a full stomach. I didn't drink any water. I now feel like actual dog in the morning. Cures, right? Now, this is quite fun to look into because you've got like You've got like modern day, like stuff people do nowadays. And then you've also got like the stuff from the middle ages and like yeah. ages and ages ago, it's... medieval times. There's some pretty funny olden days cures, aren't there? Should we, should yeah. we, just, you know, we don't want to go into in too many details, but th- there's some pretty funny old things that people used to try and do. Oh, I definitely like this. There's from all around the world and some people listening around the world might know some of these or maybe their, their grandparents or someone might have said them. But apparently, according to various local legends in Mexico, by eating prawns, that would then get rid of your, your hangover. Okay. Yeah. What about Puerto Rico, where you should rub a lemon under your armpit? That's a good one. Well, you rub a lemon <laughs> under the armpit of your drinking arm. It's quite specific, isn't yeah. it? That one as yeah. well. If you're, in, if you're in Norway, a glass of heavy cream is the, the answer to your, your hangover. Yeah, I don't know. Switzerland, they reckon you should have a hot shot of brandy with peppermint. I don't know. Is that just because you get a bit of a buzz on? You, you, you forget you're ill because you've had a shot and now you've got a bit of a buzz and then you just go to the, you just bumble through the rest of your day. It's <laughs> only just delaying the inevitable. That's it. If you're in France, it says to drink some hot, thick onion soup the morning after. Ugh. Yeah, Germany, you have pickled herring. Yes. Japan, pickled plums. And some strong know. green tea when you're in, t- when you're in China. What? What is your um, hangover cure of choice? I think it's Lucozade. I think that's that's the answer for me. And an apple. Lucozade and an apple. They'll sort you right out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What I like to do is a bit random. I like to go for a run. I like to try and sweat some of that alcohol out, come yeah. home. I like to have a Lucozade too. Got to be the orange fizzy version, not the sport one. Full sugar. Get that in you. Um get a bit of a sleep on if possible but obviously with kids it's not um no so on, on that, like- so, so on that it's, it's a myth it's like one of the myths is about sleeping off 
sleeping off a hangover where you would think that I'm feeling terrible. I'm just going to curl up, go into bed and just stay there and just not do anything all day. But that's actually a worse thing to do. And the two ways that alcohol leaves your body, and it's either by breathing or weeing. And so by getting up and going for a walk or a jog or, or whatever it might be, actually means that alcohol leaves your body quicker. So it's a good thing that okay. what, what you're saying there scientifically has been proven to, to help by going for a run. But one of the things that scientists are stuck on, though, is the fact that we still feel like dog when all of the alcohol has left our system. And that's what is that's what baffles people. You can have a blood alcohol level of basically nothing after a banging night out, but still feel really ill. And that is a bit baffling. To, to get your head round and, and for people to fully understand, which is quite interesting. Yeah, 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 completely. I think you said um, one of one of the ones that people commonly say is hair of the dog, one of the ones that we mentioned earlier. And and all it does is it, is it just dulls your senses. So if you're feeling really rough, what you'll do is you'll then end up having another beer or another wine or whatever it might be the next morning. Yeah. Exactly as you yeah. said earlier, all it does, it just prolongs the inevitable. You are going to have a hangover but it just yeah. makes you desensitized to how bad you're feeling at the moment. So that, that definitely isn't a preventable one for you. Did you um, read any of like the, the ones from way back in time that you could do? Do you know, in Italy, for example, they tried to get you to eat a dried bull's penis. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. In, in Ireland, apparently if you buried yourself up to your neck in wet sand, you then feel better. <laughs> no, don't, don't, yeah, no, you don't, you don't fancy that. No. Um, there's a, an English physician called John of Gaddesden. He wrote, if anyone have drunk too much, if it be a man, the testicle should be washed with salt and vinegar. And if it be a woman, the breasts also let them eat the leaf or the stalk or the juice of a cabbage with sugar. And that, by the way, talking about how long this has been going, that was written in like the 1300s. That was written like 700 years ago. All right. Maybe let him off a little bit with, uh, <laughs> with some of that. <laughs> Given how salt long and vinegar. So you've got a salt and vinegar, your testicles or your breasts, dependent on who, who you are. And then eat, 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 what did it say? Eat the leaf or the stalk or the juice of a cabbage with sugar. The sugar part might be right there. Like sugar, sugar helps you like restore some of your levels there. Yeah. One of the things, you know, we were saying earlier about all these pickled plums and sh- sh- all these other weird foods people eat around the world. You know, people didn't realize it, but they're very salty and they replace lots of the, lots of the things that you lose when you drink alcohol that, that make you feel poorly as well. I mean, by having a wee so often your body's getting rid of lots of stuff that actually it might need sometimes. Yes. So I think, you know, yeah. people struck on ideas that they didn't even realize why it was working yes yeah no so, that, that that makes sense maybe like with a sugary thing so one of the other things that people say nowadays as well is to maybe take a couple of painkillers or pain relievers as you go to bed from your night out yeah but apparently that is a really bad idea like doctors will advise you that as a rule of thumb do not take any medication when you're taking alcohol and it's because taking things like paracetamol well, that, that so I found out paracetamol is what we call it, but in the US, it's acetaminophen or something like Tylenol <laughs> is, is, is probably what, what people will have heard it as, as Tylenol. But what it does, 
that will that will overload your liver and cause more damage to your liver that you're already trying to fight all of the alcohol that's in there anyway. So what you should do is don't take it before you go to bed. Take it in the morning when you wake up when you're feeling rough. That's how you then take your, your pain relievers or your painkillers correctly. Interesting you should talk about pills, though. I did go down a little rabbit hole this week. Is there a cure, like a magic pill that you can take? Did you read any of these things? Yeah, I did have a little look into some of these. So there are loads. There are loads and loads out there. Now, all they really are is just a glorified multivit, aren't they? Basically it. Basically it. Glorified multivit. safe. They're all FDA approved. Like you can, any of the, you go out and Google it. There's loads, you know, one of the most common ones, there's, there's one called after drink. There's one called cheers. There's one called purple tree. There's lo- loads and loads of them, but they all contain pretty much the same main ingredients because these ingredients count of the things that we have said happen. So one of them is prickly pear extract, which helps to reduce inflammation. Um, another one is, dihydromyricetin or otherwise known as DHM uh, which is an ingredient which is shown to speed up alcohol metabolism and has been used in Asia for a very long time don't you know uh, okay, okay nice and there's one more <clears throat> called milk, milk thistle which has been known to help liver people use it for lots of um, it's got lots of anti antioxidant and anti-inflammatory properties um, and it's known to help the liver. And now because we know the liver produces these toxins, milk thistle, which by the way, you can buy as just a tablet, just milk thistle tablet will also help your liver. And these all, like what you're supposed to do is you take them before you go to bed, which is funny counter to what you were just saying about taking paracetamol or ibuprofen. But then these aren't, like, these aren't medicinal, are they? I, I don't know if maybe. No, they're, they're, these, these are just more going to be the, the goodness, isn't it? These are going to be the, the good things that are, missing that alcohol strips out of your body but as we said like a yes. glorified multivitamin it's just trying to rebalance your your electrolytes and that within your body to then make yeah. you, you feel better yeah similar to like having a glass of water before you go to bed there, there is also there's an alcohol that um companies have produced like alcohol containing electrolytes you can get light out electrolyte beer yeah and um, the, the whole reason behind it is that it then makes you less dehydrated that's the idea isn't it so it's, yep. it's adding it into the beer, not taking away from the taste of it. And then it just means that you then don't feel as dehydrated when you're then drinking that beer. But going, going back to those pills, there isn't one out there, is there, that just as you get oh, into no. bed, just before you fall asleep, you're like, right, I'm just going to have this pill quickly. And I wake up in the morning and you're like all whistling and chirpy. Woohoo. <laughs> like, that was a great night no. last night. And you've got no. no side effects. Nothing like that, is well, there? No, although the company Cheers, and I'd have to mention them twice. Maybe they might send us a pack or something to try out. They've got a guarantee. They reckon if you don't feel at least 50% less hungover, you can contact them and they'll refund you. And okay. so then I was reading some reviews on Amazon. And, you know, I don't know how true are reviews on Amazon. I must have read a dozen at least, though. At least 11 of them were giving it five stars saying how amazing it was. I mean, I don't know. That's not to say that it's definitely going to work. But, yeah, no. like you said, it's not actually... It just contains some of these things that, that might help. Yes. Oh, yeah, there, is, back, there is no there is no pill. Just going back, I've just noticed one of those other things that people might say today that is a is a nowadays cure is about throwing up, and then that will then make you feel better. Yeah. But 
reading about it, it's actually massively counterproductive by doing that. So although you might then get rid of the fluids or anything else that was in your stomach from last night, your body's already absorbed the alcohol. So that's long gone. That's already like being absorbed by you. And all you'll be doing is just dehydrating yourself further and just making yourself feel even worse. So um, yeah, that the whole idea about throwing up isn't a good thing at all. One of the things that I was wondering, and I'm sure this happens now to me compared to when I was younger, is do hangovers <laughs> get worse with age? Well, you asked me to look into that. You said you were going to look into it, so I thought I would as well. Turns out, <laughs> like this is the whole episode, nobody really knows. <laughs> it's, it's, it, loads of studies have been done, and some claim one thing and some claim another thing. And it's, it, yeah, I mean, like it's a bit sort of almost pointless to discuss one or the other because yeah. if scientists don't know, I don't know as we know. I mean, I, I agree with you. I remember when, you know, we were 18 and we went to Cavos for two weeks and we went out every night for two weeks. I can go out two days in a row now. I'll be <laughs> dead after day one. <laughs> I reckon that it's probably that you're not drinking as frequently. I reckon your body gets better at breaking it down. This is not scientifically backed at all. This is just Ollie, Ollie's theory here that you, you just get used to breaking it down quicker. And then, I don't know, now I'm older, there seems to be bigger gaps in between drinking. And so when I do then yeah, drink, maybe. I don't break it down as quickly. That's my theory, because I definitely feel worse nowadays than what I used to when I was younger. Like, like, you, need to, like you need to warm up for it like a marathon. Like, yeah, I'm going to yeah. have a night out in July. I'm going to have a few beers every Saturday night for six. <laughs> I'm going to have to do a 12-week training plan <laughs> to build up to doing 26 beers. Yeah, it's... <laughs> You get out of practice. You get out of practice. Whereas when you're younger, you, uh, you you stay fully in practice. But who knows? Who knows? That's that's just my my thinking. I used to always stick to a rule: don't drink past midnight. That saw me well for. I, I think that works quite a lot of the time. I was trying to midnight stop drinking. Oh yeah, yeah, you did. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. I, right. I remember... Gotta get him a drink. It's nine eleven fifty nine. He won't drink past midnight. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. One of the things getting into it this week is that I ended up reading quite a few funny stories about people who have had hangovers and then what's what's happened to them. I'd okay. love to hear it if people got some funny stories that they can share with us with their hangovers. There's there's loads of good ones out there. I read I read this one here though, Liam. Just share it with you. Just see what see what you make of it. So this was submitted on a, a BuzzFeed chat by someone called This Goes Up Eleven, and it says that my cheap red wine hangover was so bad that my mum had to give me medicine. But because I couldn't keep any food down or any medicine because I was throwing up, my mum took one for the team and gave me a pain reliever as a suppository. <laughs> <laughs> the shame that it brought on my family was unbelievable. Sorry for bringing this up. Um, yeah, that's my story. I found that so funny. Uh -huh. Can you imagine? Does, does everybody know what a suppository is? Rectal medicine. Yeah, medicine up your bum hole. <laughs> Grim, by your mum. <laughs> but yeah, if anybody's got any stories about being hungover, we'd love to hear them um, just to give us a good laugh. And uh, if you're up for us sharing them as well, let us know. Right, I suppose we better do a couple takeaway little factoids, shall we? I've got a pretty good one this week. 
Go on then. You want to go first or second? Okay, I'll do uh-huh. mine. You mentioned it earlier. I had to Google hair of the dog. You mentioned it. So I thought, where on earth does that phrase come from? I'm all about the etymologies. I'm going to get so good at English eventually. Hair of the dog. Why do we say hair of the dog? So just re- to repeat what he said, hair of the dog is that thing where you wake up in the morning, you're feeling pretty ill, so you have another beer or you have another shot. And then the theory being that you feel better. Anyway, it comes from a, a, a phrase from way back in the day, a hair of the dog that bit you. And what it was, was if you were bitten by a rabid dog or a rabid dog, you could be cured if you take a potion that contained some of the hair from the dog that bit you. So the point being, in this case, you know, the dog that bites you is the alcohol and you can make yourself feel better by having a little bit more of the alcohol. Yeah. Yeah, Rabid dogs. If you were bitten by a a rabid dog and were to contract rabies, you could uh, cure it by basically eating some of the hair of the same dog. Hair Hair of the dog that bit you. I really like that. I then read that that doesn't actually work for curing rabies either. <laughs> oh, no way. I wouldn't believe that. <laughs> so it doesn't work for curing rabies and it doesn't work for curing a hangover. So no, I like that. Really good takeaway. My two guys want to be takeaway is all around about like the economic impact of alcohol. And okay. so how much do hangovers cost the UK? And so this is based on sort of like the average employment, number of hours that people work they reckon there's about eighty-nine thousand people will be turning up for hunger hungover for work on any given day and then by by calculating what that then means in terms of workplace productivity due to hangovers and intoxication the uk reckons it costs between 1.2 billion and 1.4 billion pounds a year which you know that's that's a lot of money that's pretty big and then it then made me think what does that maybe mean somewhere else in the world? And so I then had a look in the US and the US Center for Diseases Control and Prevention, they estimate that excessive drinking in the US costs them $220 billion every year. <laughs> How much? $220 billion. It's not million. You didn't say million then. You said no. billion. Two, over $200 billion in lost productivity. Mental, right? That's a lot of money. That's big money. Also, like that's, you know, that's nearly 200 times more than the UK, right? But America isn't, doesn't have 200 times as many people. (laughs) How many people have maybe five times as many people as the UK? So surely, like, (laughs) how have they got 200 times more money (laughs) being lost? Oh, dear. Anyway, anyway, right. To summarise, what do you reckon about um, hangovers, Ollie? You reckon you could, when you're hungover, you won't be talking about this to anybody. (laughs) But during the drinking of said alcohol, we could probably have a chat about uh, the hangover that's coming, couldn't we? Reading this, it sort of put me off a little bit about drinking, thinking about all this acetaldehyde, the formaldehyde that your body is creating and how it then makes you feel worse. I was thinking, oh man, that's, that's not a good thing, is it? Having these these chemicals and that going through your body. I love some of the, the old wives tales about Puerto Rico, putting a lemon under the armpit of the arm that you've drank with. I'd love it. Like the first person who came up with that. Come on, Dave, go on, give this a go. Look, trust me. You're feeling really yeah, yeah, yeah. drinking. Trust me. Trust me. Just, just have a go at this. Um, but it's, it all boils down to the, the fact that 
we got no scientifically proven cure for hangovers or reason for them yeah or reason for them and it's it's got to be a good thing though right like i was thinking about hangovers if we didn't have hangovers we need to have a consequence of getting drunk don't we because otherwise yeah we'll just be smashed smashed all the time all the time wouldn't you so we we need to have like that yin and yang like that other side to it otherwise there'd be no repercussions and everyone just be hammered all the time yeah no i completely agree yeah i i find it really interesting that we don't really really know why i mean we sort of know like you're saying it's this toxin produced in your liver it's the dehydration that comes with it um i like i i find it interesting to know that darker spirits darker alcohol may well make you more ill so maybe try and avoid those but yeah really good really good week really interesting i, I like you know hair of the dog that bit you let's let's try not to get rabies um <laughs> hopefully everyone is enjoyed this week very random topic wouldn't it next time you've got the gym jams or the blue devils maybe stick this on and learn a little bit about it but we'd love to know your thoughts like ollie said we'd love to know any any stories or any anything you could tell us about any hangovers you've ever had we'd love to share those with with our listeners that'd be hilarious you can find us on all of the socials at two guys one topic let us know your thoughts or comments we're sure to give you a shout out otherwise we'll be back next week with a new topic and a new episode Get out there and share some hangover knowledge.